0: Yesterday, Patty and Abby, we all went around town and we were riding around and uh, going to several diff- different places. We started fairly early in the morning and, and uh, just doing a lot of things together. Uh, it's kind of as a, as a Christmas gift uh, to, the, to the family. And um, so they were a little concerned about getting me home in time. It's, you know, Saturday is a good day for me to study. And I said, well, I said, the longer you keep me out, the shorter the message will be. So you're going to find out how long they kept this out. <laughs> All right, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Today I'm going to preach a message based on a simple three-word phrase. That phrase is this. Will of God. Will of God. Now there's a couple of interesting things about this three-word phrase. The three-word phrase. Will of God does not appear anywhere, that exact phrase does not appear anywhere in the Old Testament. However, there is one New Testament verse with the phrase will of God that has a reference to the Old Testament, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. The phrase was used by Paul when he was preaching Jesus at a synagogue in Antioch, and he made a comparison of David to Jesus. Now... Number two, the three-word phrase, will of God, appears only 23 times in the entire New Testament. If we use the reasoning that since little is said concerning the will of God, we should not put great emphasis on it. And I would say, listen to me closely, you are right and you are wrong. Wrong from the standpoint that the whole Word of God has everything to do about the will of God. As the Lord taught His disciples the pattern of prayer, the early emphasis and whole foundation is built upon the exaltation of God and the performance of God's will. Matthew 6, 9 says, After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. On the other hand, there is an aspect of God's will that we should not put much emphasis on, on it in the way that the will of God in our lives is simply the result or outpouring of our heart and obedience. Now, when we are focused on obe- being obedient to God's word, the natural result is that the will of God is automatically exposed. Now, you're going to have to listen real close. We get hung up a lot of times and how we focus on the will of God and put all this emphasis on it and all these decisions we have to make. And are we on the will of God? Is it the will of God for me to do this and the will of God for me to do that? You know, it's kind of like this the most important thing in a sporting game. Or what might say uh, the will of the game is to have the best score at the end. We call it the big W, (laughs) we might say. Or a lot of times the other is the big L, (laughs) loser. But the best score is a result of the team who trains the best, responds the best, overcomes the best, who has the most heart, and so on, and so on. You don't win the game by looking at the scoreboard. You win it by doing what you were trained and prepared yourself to do in the moment of that decision. As a matter of fact, um, we had the opportunity to take the boys when they were golfing to a sports psychology and it was the top of the top. Um, it was David Ludbetter down in, in uh, Florida and uh, it was an opportunity to, uh, to get into some of the best teaching there is as far as playing golf goes. They'll teach the player that winning is a result of playing in the moment and situation that you are currently in, that you do not focus on the score. You disc golfers pay attention to this. You do not let any part of the mind focus on the last hole or even the last shot. And you do not let your mind wander into the next shot or the next hole. It's all about focusing on each shot and making your best play from that position. And the result of that is more wins and what they call the one percenter. They've done studies on this. There's only 1% of people who actually approach (laughs) athletics in that manner. All the others, they call them the 99 percenters. And if you ever get in some competitive situations, you'll see the 99% attitude. Uh, Things get tough. Well, this is what we got to do. If we do this and we do that, I'm talking about the future. This is how we have to do this. You know, what's the score? You know, it doesn't matter. It really, Does it really matter unless you're playing the best thing? The, the, the score is just the result of how you play. It's no wonder that God told us to give us this day our daily bread. You know, we could stop right here and put a seal on the end of the message, and it would be pretty powerful. But sorry, this is just the introduction. And from this, I'm going to be preaching a message entitled, The Will of God for Dummies, 2023 edition. Let's pray. Father, as we endeavor to look at your will, what a wonder it is. It's a wonderful thing to look at. What a blessed thing it is. Help us to see how we need to see the will of God. How we need to approach that thought. How we need to live in your will. But we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to take a brief look. There's not 23 points to this message. But uh, there's 23 references to the will of God, and I'm going to briefly go over uh, those, and we can see different aspects of the will of God. In Mark chapter 3, and if you want to try to keep, keep up, you can. Mark uh, chapter 3, verse 31. Then There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them which sat about him. (laughs) Don't you love when Jesus, he's got something important here to say. And said, Behold, my mother and brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my mother and my sister and mother. Here's another name for the believer. Those that do the will of God. Now, in Acts chapter 13, this is the reference I was talking about earlier in the preaching, Paul preaching. This is Acts thirteen thirty six. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Jesus did the will of God, but he was sinless. But David, like us, who do the will of God, who will be a part of doing the will of God, yet yeah, we will sin. We will never reach sinless perfection. That's a misunderstanding of the Word of God, and I don't even know how you, if you're any bit honest with yourself, there's to achieve sinless perfection is uh, is a myth. Romans 1.10. Making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey, by the will of God to come unto you. And just a few verses down, he makes another statement. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come unto you, but was led hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. It would seem that the will of God is through the leading of God. It may be our body, but it is God who owns it and directs it. The will of God is too much and too high for us. We need to simply get in tune with and follow God's leading. And we'll get into that a little later here. Well, how do you, how do, you do that? It's actually quite simple. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. It's the Holy Spirit in us that knows the will of God. We don't know it. We see here that uh, sometimes we don't know what we should pray. But the Holy Spirit does. And he knows the will of God. In ourselves, in our will, we cannot discern the will of God. It is the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that knows the will of God, which brings me to a question. What happens when people are unsaved but do many wonderful things in the name of religious works? Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he, listen to that, that doeth the will of my Father. Who is it? Those who are saved do the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils. Can you imagine what what works he's done? And in thy name done many wonderful works. He says, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You must be saved before you can do the will of God. Nobody can do the will of God Apart from being saved. It is God's will that everyone should be saved. The first part, the beginning of, and the ability to do God's will is accepting his will for you to be saved. It was his will to provide salvation. It is your will to accept his salvation. He never crosses our will, and life. Galatians 1.3, Grace be unto be to you, and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as men, some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. One thing you can be sure of about God's will is that He wants you to be saved. No questions about that. When you are saved, the will of God in you is by and through the Holy Spirit, Colossians 3, 1, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Romans 12.2, another aspect or saying or phrase of will of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's a simple one. Now we're getting down to where the rubber meets the road. You need the word of God in your life. It is what forms your thinking. It is like doing the drills in the basketball and going to the practices. The more you do them, the more they become natural performed in a game. The Word of God is like that. The more you get in it, the more you practice it, and the more you prove it. God gives us four basic things that will establish our faith that will encourage us in the will of God. Number one, reading your Bible. Not just reading it. Studying it. Getting it into your heart and meditating on it. Now, we do have you're, you're welcome to our Bible reading chart. Andy picks them up from uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, so it's just, you know, a daily reading that goes through the Bible. So you can get through the Bible an entire year, correct? And so you're more than welcome to that. Uh, it doesn't have to be that. It could be some other way, but you need to get the Word of God. You know, it is ultimately important. We make other things more important than that. And we need to make that more important. Number two, he gives us a team of believers, you know, that will have directors, coaches, and fellow players, you know, called pastors, teachers, all those sorts of things (laughs) that are completely necessary to your growth and confidence in the Word of God. It's called church, and you need to be all you can be in it. Number three, this is the prayer. It's the power of the will of God we shirk a lot of power that we can have through prayer we need to give it much in all different ways even the Bible tells us that the point of always being in prayer for all things continually being in prayer that that's how it should become number four you need to engage yourself in witnessing of God to others Now a lot of people get the first thing they really struggle on this one, because this is kind of but this is game time. This is what it's all about is getting the gospel out to the world. There's many different ways you can do that. You need to ask God to help you to be a part of that. We cannot allow the world to bully us or believe that people don't want to hear. People need to hear, and some are wanting to hear. And if we are not engaged in this, we are we are destined for for failure uh, and what we should be concerning the will of God. This is like the games we practice for. Now, would it make sense that we get in and we do all these things, you practice for a game, but when game time comes, I don't want to play, and you don't play in the game. I'm telling you what, you'll get out there, and until you get out there, until you make some mistakes, you won't learn. I make mistakes all the time in witnessing things. Oh, I wish I should have done this. I would have liked to got to hear. In sports, it's like this. I, I remember there was a time I was pitching and we were playing against a a team who had been together for a long time, had a really good coaching and, and so forth. Not that ours was bad, but I was pitching a person on third and a person on first. And I go into the stretch, and the person on first starts a break towards second to steal it. I turn my back to go after the guy on second, while the guy on third steals home. I'll never forget that, that don't happen again. As a matter of fact, I'll have one up on that. I will do the same thing, but then I'll bust and I'll fake a throw, and I'll get him at the plate next time. You see, the, until you get in, until you experience some failures and, and some things, until you get in and the, the love playing and the love winning. And it's it's winning people to the Lord and enjoying that. You know, and to get burdened and, and where it gets in your heart. You know, you see people's lives and you say, What? <sighs> They're lost. We need to be have that. Romans fifteen thirty two that I may come unto you with, the jo- with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. All our desires, as good as they may be, should be only desired if it's the will of God. We struggle with this in our prayers. You know, we struggle because we want well, how we want it to turn out. But what's most important is... What God's will is. You see, our will and God's will are opposites. He wants us to get out of our will and to seek His will. Our prayers should be always validated by the, word of, by the will of God. Colossians 4.12, If, if Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete, in all the will of God. Now, here's a group of verses concerning the will of God. No other uh, apostle except Paul continually validated his position as an apostle by the will of God. They all come at the very first of an epistle. Never kind of really thought about this before. <clears throat> but if you think about it with Paul, Paul was kind of a different one as an apostle. Um, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. 1 Corinthians 1, 1. 2 Corinthians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Ephesians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Colossians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. 2 Timothy 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. This is how he started those. Paul makes no claim of his authority as an apostle due to his abilities. And he might have been one of the ones who could have, you know, stated the abilities that he had and the training and what he knew. But he stood on being an apostle because he he knew it was God's will. He was called of God. That's it. You know, any pastor ought to stand in nothing alone, but that God's called you to do this. Is he's the one who's going to do it. There's nothing of you. Being, actually, we get way out of God's uh, desires when we go another direction, thinking that, you know, we're good at what we do or uh, something of ourselves. Second Corinthians 8:5. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Now, these were the people of God. Uh, apostles here had expectations of them doing some certain thing and helping, but they jumped down and said, we're going we're gonna to help you. We're going to go with you, and they're going to give of their poorness, even what they didn't have and give, and it, it blew them away. This is the will of God is unexpecting sometimes and surprises even the most spiritual. It's a wonderful thing. Sometimes it's just God just, you think you're going in a direction, but then God says, no, I'm going to open this up this way. Ephesians 6.6, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. The will of God is a work of the heart. It seeks not its own glory. Ever have someone on the team who is all about himself, concern, concerned about his stats? Over and above, a win for the team? Or have you been one of those? I look back and I kind of remember being like that. That's a shame. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. This is pretty clear, isn't it? God's will is for us to be clean vessels. And everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Are you a thankful person? Better yet, was that how somebody would describe you? Oh, they're the most thankful people. I, there is some people that I would, I would say, are like that. Remember the will of God from the heart. Does your heart always want to turn to God? And from the heart, tell him, thank you. Or are you a grumbler when the road gets rough or you don't get your way? You're going to find out. God's will. It's God's will. You can't mess it up. Hebrews 10, For ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The will of God is sometimes costly here, many times costly here, but the rewards are great farther on. It is only by faith that we can do the will of God. We are told to trust in the will of God, to have confidence in and have expectation of it in the future. First Peter We're going to find here that in in the books of Peter, we talked about this before. It talks a lot about suffering. It says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The will of God involves a proper relationship with the authorities of this world. We are to live uprightly before the world. It is hard for the (laughs) God-haters to talk bad about someone who is obviously noted as somebody who always does good. It shuts them up, for the most part. Peter later tells us that even in well-doing we may suffer for it because that can be the will of God. 1 Peter 3.17, For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. That's a tremendous verse right there. Peter makes no bones about the will of God <clears throat> being accompanied with suffering. He also makes no bone that we should only be suffering or good doing, not wrongdoing. Now here's the last phrase. The 23rd time the will of God phrase appears in our Bible. 1 John 2.17 And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know, this is a nice summation of the will of God. Those who are saved are those who do the will of God. They go hand in hand. So here are the bullet points of the will of God for dummies in 2023. Number one, it was God's will that provided a way of salvation for all men by and through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Number two, it is God's will that we exercise our will, He doesn't make us. It's your choice to believe on Jesus Christ. Number three, salvation is not the removal of our will. It is the free exercise of our will to believe on Jesus Christ, to give Him the lordship of our life, to remove ourselves off the throne of our life to forever, forever, Make Christ the ruler of your life. It's an irrevocable decision. In other words, once you make that decision, you've made it. Christ keeps it. You can't take it back, although you won't want to. Number four, the will of God is not our responsibility to produce. That is God's job, and he will not fail it. However, it is the free exercise of our will, now listen to this, to make known the will of God to ourselves and to others in the world, to exercise obedience to it, to prove it, to expose it, to live it, to trust it, to rest in it. That brings us into a state of having no wants and complete gratefulness of all things in all our life. God wants us to be fully confident That he is in control. He cannot fail. His will is being done. That's why we can say we have no worries about 2023. Whatever it is, God's got it in hand. I suppose that the flourishing of the will of God in our life is accomplishment of truly giving God the glory and others giving God the glory by our good works. It's, uh, you know, God puts our life out to be like a song that sings that in life. Can you imagine what that would be to others? Basically, you're telling people, you're opening up who God really is in your life. You're not making the will of God. You're not destroying the will of God. You haven't got him off of his will but you have opened it up in an open display to yourself and to others it's the display of the will of god in our lives is a daily exercise of our will to obey god at his word in order to make good decisions that prove the will of god in our lives his word must be present already in us it is the automation of what is programmed in our minds. <clears throat> I was talking, I hope this don't embarrass you. But this is the way to really look at things. This is how God changes and renews your mind and thinking. Um, Esther and Tim were, were painting and they were using the green tape and taping and I'm thinking, I said, I said you know man, don't do just cut that, you know, I mean that's just too much time. That's I mean you just do this. You know, I mean, this is the, you know, the way to do it. And she said, well, Tim, this is what Tim wanted to do. So that settles it. You know what, you could be doing it all the wrong way. I could be wrong, but you know what matters? I, I know because of God's word that's in my heart, follow what he says. You'd be better off following something that is a disaster in obedience than you would have. It's not about getting the right results. God uses different things in different ways all the time in our life. You know, we struggle. Sometimes we just, oh, why are they doing it? You know, they should do it this way. They say, you know, hey, doesn't matter. But what does God's word say? How does it work in your heart? Now, how do you get those into our mind? Those are the four things that are absolutely necessary For our minds to be renewed, to prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, the word of God, prayer to God, the church of God, and your witness of God. And then there are those things that will put a shadow on the will of God. Just because you don't see sunshine shining, doesn't mean there isn't sunshine. It's just clouded. You see, we we get we get into thinking God's will is being done. That sun's right where it's supposed to be. But here's the things that can get into our life that's going to put a damper on the will of God of you experiencing it and experiencing it to others. First of all, minimize your Bible reading, prayer, going to church and telling others about God. <laughs> Let sin in your life. Not constantly Confessing and forsaking sin. God wants us to be clean vessels. That puts a damper on everything. Are you struggling with sin today? Trying to do God's will in the ability or exaltation of our flesh. You know, we just need God to work. Um... It's good to to try to do things for for His sake, but a lot of times we do things in the flesh and in fleshly ways instead of what God says. Folks, God's unmistakable, infallible will of God is ever present and working. Our duty is to reveal it in our lives and the lives of others through obedience of heart in a state of gratefulness. With the pianist coming, heads bowed and eyes closed. As you ponder what you've heard this morning, may you have seen the will of God maybe in a different way than maybe you thought about it before. God doesn't need us he's taking care of things he wants us to get our lives wrapped around it by the renewing of our minds we do it day by day we don't need to know what's you know what the future is we don't need to get hung up by that or or hindered because of the past if you've confessed your sin and have moved on each moment of a day we have decision and you're going to make those decisions based on how well you practiced going to mess up sometimes and you're going to learn by that and as you do that more and more the more and more you rest in God the more you will glorify God the more people on the behalf of your good works will glorify your father which is in heaven the more grateful person you will be regardless of circumstances. Take time to be holy. Hope God spoke to your heart and done a work in your heart today and helped you today in something. And as you move along, <clears throat> you know, I, I was hoping to just make the will of God a little simpler for us. It's really pretty basic. We can trust Him, and it's really just about putting a light on what He's He's doing rather than putting a damper on it. It's good for us. It's good for others. It gives glory to God. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Pray you bless uh, each family as they go out, Lord God, work with them uh, this new year. It's not about what we can do in resolutions. It's about doing what we know to do and doing it well and doing it better. And then, Lord, we're, I'm sure you've convicted some of us in certain areas. And uh, may we get it right that uh, your will uh, maybe be made known. Father, I want to tell you we love you today. Thank you for your blessings in life be with us at close to home that we may be a blessing over there that your word would be magnified for we ask it in jesus name amen you are dismissed